1: You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is Daniel Howitt's interview with the director for The Tomorrow War, Chris McKay. Okay, none of you are my child. Has anyone seen Murray? See Aww! We are fighting a war, 30 years in the future. Is this a joke? Our enemy is not human. We need you to fight. You got drafted. I will be
0: back. Why is this happening? What about the teacher's deferment? And the veteran's deferment?
1: If I don't go, they're going to draft you in my place. But if something does happen to me, you and Miri will be taken care of.
0: If something happens to you, Dan,
1: 70% of draftees do not return. Sometimes a man does what's best for his family, not himself. Move your shirt, please. And what's this for?
0: It's just a test. Oh, a
1: seatbelt. Is it a driving test? No. You don't have jokes in the future. Ah! This device facilitates your jump to and from the future war.
0: One minute to jump.
1: Oh, here, right. buddy. Take that. Just look around like that. Yeah. How are you so calm? Long story. be Ex-military. Like, yeah. Kind of a short story, I guess. Three,
0: two, one. In 11 months' time, all
1: human beings in the future will be wiped from the face of the Earth. Unless you help us. I was trying to save my daughter. If I got to save the world to save her, then I'm gonna do it. This is the end. The human species will disappear from the face of the Earth. We are literally living on borrowed time. There's still a chance that we can stop this war from ever happening. So we got to fight. Well, it's nice knowing you.
0: Thanks so much for uh, for talking with me today about the Tomorrow War.
2: Yeah, of course. Thank you. Thanks very much for uh, for talking to me. Appreciate it. So you've been working
0: in animation for nearly two decades. Obviously, most recently came off of Lego Movie and Lego Movie Batman. What about those movies prepared you to t- for directing the Tomorrow War? Yeah,
2: the, uh, the previs and animatic process is a is a big part of uh, you know how you make an animated movie. How you build your reels. You, do, you storyboard. You make an animatic. You do previs. You do previs layout um and and you add that uh you know once you sort of you know boarded things and started to uh, you know get sort of your understanding where the story's going uh and that's very similar to making a big live action uh movie that has a you know one of your main characters your villain of the character villain of the movie is a character that's entirely or almost entirely created in, in cg we had a couple of uh we had, a, we, had a, we had a couple of animatronic uh uh instances of using the animatronic character in the movie but for the most part it's entirely uh, created in the computer so you you know uh, so you have to uh and, and and also just financially like you you can't go into a movie like this and wing it uh in in any way shape or form no matter what you have to you have to sort of think through all of these scenes so so to be able to have you know boards animatic previs, um process is very similar and um uh it, it just helps you. You, you at least at least then you know i do like to sort of you know kind of organically work even though i've got a plan i like to have a baseline of what we need to get and then kind of organically work from there kind of sometimes you know chris will have an idea your will have an idea something like that something works better for camera by doing it this way you're always going to sort of you know, improvise a little bit, but, but you need, you need to at least start with a basic plan. And so that's what's similar to animation.
0: Well, yeah, I was going to specifically ask about that. How with it being so planned out because it is a vis heavy film, how, how much room is there for improvisation as you're filming?
2: Depends on if you're asking the producer or the director, <laughs> right? Um, uh, the, the director is going to, this director anyway, is going to say, uh, uh, you know, quite a bit um, because I probably, again, because I have the confidence of knowing that the, you know, I know sort of what I need to get to get out of here on uh, any given day. So get out of the you know, get out of our day with, with good material. But I do really like working with actors and I like finding uh, moments that feel real. And sometimes the moments that feel real need to be kind of coaxed into being through, you know, whether it's repetition, repetition, repetition to sort of get something to feel natural or to shake it up and have the actor kind of be able to go off and be free. And you just have to work with a team that that is that's sort of willing to embrace some of that stuff and and uh and then you then probably later and when you're in post, you gotta make priorities because there's only a finite amount of of money. So you're gonna have to make choices. Do you want that thing that you went off and made this kind of wild thing that's great performance and does all this stuff, but is also now going to be expensive compared to something else. You just have to, you know, at the end of the day you just have to make choices and negotiate with people and, and, and be smart from, you know, you have to have good producers, good, good on set producers on the movie, good VFX producers. And we had all of that on this movie. We had people who were really thoughtful about that, really cared about, you know, really genuine. They weren't trying to make a schedule. They weren't trying to make a spreadsheet. They were trying to make a good movie. They're trying, they're doing, they're doing everything they could to make something really great. So you just need to work with people who who get that and are going to let you be a little flexible. And i and I'm also somebody who's, who was? It was responsible. I, I I know when I know when things are going over, and I know when stuff is. You know when I when I when I've okay, I've, I've exhausted everything. I'm gonna get out of this thing, so I don't need to push it. So you know, you know, it's a combination of stuff. You got to be good, and they they have to have to be, have good partners. You also have the good partners.
0: And you referenced the the creatures, the aliens in this film. Uh, the creature design is honestly insane. Some of the most unique designs I've seen in a long time. Loved it. What what direction did you give to the to the team that designed those creatures to get such a unique and and horrifying design?
2: Um, yeah, I told you know, look, I I you know I wanted the I wanted them to feel old. Like I wanted their I wanted you to I wanted you to see things in their skin. In their arms and their legs that 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 gave them a history that gave them you know something beyond the edge of the frame cuts nicks um flakes you know it's just stuff that felt like the skin was you know molting flaking off um all kinds of texture i wanted surface areas to feel some to feel harder than other areas so that i understood that like their shoulder pads were more armored up than maybe their arms Were and things like that, but their arms still felt like leather, still felt like still felt tough. Um, I wanted them to feel hungry, so that was the thing I described. I said they got to feel hungry, they got to feel like they have an insatiable appetite. Their teeth have to feel like a dental nightmare and be rotten and 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 scary looking. Um, I I wanted them to have offensive weapons, so the tentacles and the the spikes and things like that uh, came out of that. And I also wanted them to have a feral intelligence. I wanted them to look like they like the, the the in the way that coyotes and wolves have a kind of feral intelligence and that there's an there you can see there's a life behind their eyes and that they communicate with each other i wanted these guys to even though you don't understand what they're saying that you understand that each thing that they're calling out means something and that they can call others and they can run plays to sort of attack their prey and that kind of thing so that was a lot of discussions that we had that ended up with some really interesting out of the box creature design. I mean, just, just tons of really great stuff from everybody. All the all the designs were used. Um, but Ken really focused on something that was really, he found a way of kind of putting all of the pieces that I wanted together. And then we just kind of added on top of that and took some things away and messed around with it. Um, but his, I think we stayed really true to kind of like one of his final forms and, and uh, and he adapted it for, the purposes of rigging and and, and for, you know, for the stuff that we'd have to do on set. But, you know, it was really, it it was really great. You really, you really found a really unique creature and I was really happy with the way it turned out.
0: Yeah, yeah, you should be, it's phenomenal. Okay, round two, name something that's not boring.
2: Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh?
0: Ah, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Number stress over 21 by law. 18+ terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm Bruce Martin, host of Pit Pass Indy. That is why the NTT IndyCar series features the best racing on the planet. Join me every week as we talk to the stars of IndyCar, including the legends of the Indianapolis 500 on Pit Pass Indy from Evergreen Podcast. Did you have any specific inspiration for how you approached the visual style of the film? What did you, wanna, what did you want the film to look like?
2: I mean, I wanted, you know, I wanted the times for it to feel real, you know, that there, there wasn't like a heightened real. There was like a, you know, a Catherine Bigelow real at times. If, if I, if I, you know, if I could, that was something I was, I was striving uh, for. I wanted, you know, sometimes a cinema verite mm. kind of thing. So it felt a little bit like you were, you know, that's why I used handheld sometimes a little bit more um, uh, in order to just sort of evoke like a, you are there kind of thing. Um, I, you know, and I, uh, I, you know, in the in the in the beginning of the movie, I was sort of consciously thinking about movies like *Children of Men* and stuff like that. For as the as this sort of story gets a little bit, you know, dystopian after the people come down from, you know, they come out of the sky at the World Cup, um, and then I wanted the movie to feel like a war movie. You know, once once the sci-fi stuff starts happening and they go to the future, how how can it feel like a war movie? And then. The war movie turns into a horror movie. How can I feel like a John Carpenter movie? How can I can feel like a Hitchcock movie, a Brian De Palma movie. Like a stairwell scene in particular was like trying to make like a Hitchcock to Palma John Carpenter ish scene, um, uh, and, and and so used a lot of that the, those techniques in the hallway fight that Chris gets into after that. You know um, that was you know the, a lot of that was inspired by some boards that uh, that uh, that Heiko drew that uh, I really liked um and then uh uh and then yeah i just wanted you know um just always wanted there to be a little element of real a little element of of uh of you know like like i said handheld you are there kind of stuff that was all the stuff i was kind of chasing for the movie um a lot of and then you know as much scope and scale as possible like I, you know when we go to iceland i want to see you know rush in the movie but we shot in iceland i want to see these epic you know, glacial, glacier vistas and things like that. Um, So shooting a lot of stuff with helicopters there and that kind of thing. That was, you know, stuff like that. That was really key.
0: Well, one, one last question before I let you go, Uh, you know, we talked about you, you spent a lot lot of time in animation, but the tomorrow war isn't actually your first live action feature film. You directed a movie called two weeks, one year back in 2002. So I know that's a long time ago, but did you learn anything specific on that first live action film that you made? that you brought with you to the Tomorrow War.
2: Yeah, don't spend your own money on a movie. You got producers to spend, spend money. It's a pretty um, good lesson. It's a good lesson, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I learned a lot. I mean, look, you know, anytime, if you're not, I, you know, you can't be making movies. I, I don't think, you know, uh, you, you shouldn't be making movies if you're not, if you as a human being, uh, whether you're a director, whether you're a writer, whether you're a producer, whether you're anything, if you as a human being are not actively engaged in something in the material, and I think particularly directors and writers need to be wrestling with the material at all times in, in anything you're doing, because otherwise, you know, uh, I think the movies fall flat. So so I think that there's you got to find something about yourself in there and then you got to constantly the movie is going to constantly be confronting you with kind of the opinions that you started the movie with and the opinions that you end the movie with about whatever it is, whatever the subject is, you know, relationships, war, you know, poverty, anything. And for two weeks you know it was a movie that was very much a you know a 20 you know 20 some year old uh guy writing a movie about relationships and what that 20 some year old guy knew at that time so uh so that was a wide opening experience for me because you know you're because that was my first real creative where i really invested myself in something you know before that i did music videos and commercials and things like that but in which are all you know anything you do is, you know, is with collaborative artists challenging but When you're doing something that's like, you know, that and you're invested personally, it's you can't help but every day have some revelation about yourself or just even hear the words coming out of your mouth. You're trying to describe something. You're suddenly realizing what you see, what those words mean to somebody else. And they go and do something and you see how that led them down this path. And then you're like, wait a minute, uh, maybe let's try something else. And then you start to just become who you are as a director um, through that process. I, I learned a lot on that movie and. Um, and it made me the filmmaker, uh, that I am today by, by doing that because, you know, I made, I did some, you know, I got some really great performances. out of some really wonderful actors and I also learned a lot about storytelling and it was a non-linear movie. So I was trying something where I was just flashing back and forth and, and had a complicated structure. So I've learned a lot about posts. So yeah, I learned a lot of them. That's awesome.
0: Well, Chris, thanks so much for your time. Thanks for the film and
2: best of luck. Thank you. Nice meeting you. Take care
1: hey everyone thank you so much for listening to daniel Howitt's interview with the director for the tomorrow war chris mckay here on the next best picture podcast the tomorrow war is currently streaming on amazon prime video you have been listening to the next best picture podcast we are proud to be part of the evergreen podcast network and you can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts be sure to leave us a review on apple podcasts and let us know what you think of the show We really appreciate your feedback and your support, which you can lend on over at Patreon. For $1 minimum a month, you will get some exclusive podcast content from us. Thank you all so much for listening as always, and we shall see you all next time.